0: The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. And away we go, ladies and gentlemen, our final in season episode of the 2020 2021 COVID shortened sprint of an NBA campaign. This is Fantasy NBA Today. I am your host, Dan Bespris. Thank you so much for coming along for this wild ride, because this redefined wild rides for a fantasy season. This was a blur, complete and utter blur. December 22nd, May the 14th today, obviously the season wrapping up on the 16th on Sunday. Everything was wrong. Everything was screwball this year. Now there's charts floating around right now that show how many different uh, player games missed due to COVID protocols. I think Boston's at like 155 or something absurd like that. There's a fairly clear correlation between the teams that got waxed by COVID outbreaks and the teams that you would call the all-time underperformers for this season. And I have to admit, one of my biggest mea culpas this year is picking on the Dallas Mavericks early in the season. Because I, like so many of us, didn't really know what the impact of COVID would be on the NBA season. And I think a lot of you listening are probably like, oh, come on, Dan, Like you had some idea. Yeah, we had some idea that there would be a lot of folks in and out of protocols, and we figured that some folks would catch it, but we really didn't know what it was going to do to the players because basketball is just a different animal than the other major sports. And the opportunity we had back in the summertime to see what COVID might do to a basketball season, well, we didn't have to because they they bubbled up in Orlando and nobody caught it. And with baseball, minimal, A handful. They had the early season outbreaks last year, and there was fear that it would spread, and it sort of did, and then they kind of got it under control. And then football was really the season where you had a lot of stuff. You had postponements, things of that nature, but because there are so many guys on a football field and so many reserves and everybody's got 80-something players on their rosters, we didn't really get a feel for that one either. Other than I think Cam Newton, and I know I'm not a football guy, but I know he never really got back to what he was this last season pre-COVID. I think I'm getting that right. So when basketball came around and the first few actual positive tests rolled in, we just sort of took it at face value. These guys are out until they're not out anymore, and then they'll go back to playing. But what we didn't really know until the players started talking about it a little bit, until we got a little bit of time in between the positive tests and our ability to analyze results. What well, we didn't know until sheesh, probably, I'd say Derek Rose was probably the guy who was like, yeah, I got, I got completely obliterated by this thing. He was the guy that kind of woke us up to the fact that, dude, these guys are not the same. You know what, Jason Tatum might have also been that guy. That these guys were just not the same after coming back. And so one of my big mea culpa's this year, and this isn't even a fantasy thing, but my big mea culpa is I was too hard on the Dallas Mavericks. I kept saying these guys are bad. But I got it in my head. My my head was not on my shoulders in that moment because it was easy for me to say Josh Richardson is just not that good anymore. And to be fair, he has seen a pretty heavy downward trajectory of his career, not that deep into his career. But there was a long stretch in there where Jay Rich and Kleba and half the rest of the Mavericks just didn't have any legs underneath them. So it was Luka against the world, and then he got tuckered out. And it happened with the Raptors. It happened with the Celtics. These teams that had a ton of COVID days missed, they just got worked over. The Heat, I think, were another one. And it's funny, too, because if you look at the teams that had these outbreaks... They almost all fit into the, oh, this team did worse than expected. The one that sort of, really, I think the team that hung in there the most out of all of those we just talked about was Miami. They're 39-31. and As of us recording this podcast, they still have two games coming up this weekend to wrap things up, but they're 8-2 and in their last 10 ballgames. They sort of have things mostly functional at this point. Trevor Ariza signing turned out to be a good one. I think we know why they were able to get Victor Oladipo for pennies from the... Houston Rockets, who never should have traded for Victor. Like, they could add Karis Laverne in that damn deal. Not really the point. Point is, Raptors 27 and 43, Celtics 35 and 35, even the Mavericks, who by all accounts are having a good season at 41 and 29, their Vegas win total was mid 40s. Luka kept them from completely sinking. But remember the stretches earlier this year where the Mavs were just bad for like three weeks in a row? And the Heat, remember that stretch for the Heat where they had most of their team missing for COVID, but they were playing anyway, and they were barely hanging on. They've they bounced back. Those teams have bounced back. The one that hasn't really is Boston, oddly enough. Because then they lost now Jalen Brown, and but a lot of that stuff's been kind of later in the season. I don't, I do, by the way, I do believe it's coincidental that those three teams also relatively deep playoff runs last year in the bubble. You know, you couldn't have said those teams are going to be the one that, that have COVID stuff. Injury stuff, yeah. You know, Denver on the western side, Lakers on the western side. The injuries creeping up on those clubs. So my apologies to the Dallas Mavericks for clowning on most of their roster. It seems like a lot of that stuff was actually COVID related. And let's hope that we don't have to worry about that again. But I use that as a nice segue because today's show is going to be our last in-season episode, meaning we'll take a quick look at the weekend upcoming. Uh, This will be largely a season wrap-up edition of Fantasy NBA Today and kind of a preview as we look ahead towards next week when we start to dive into our awesome—I love them! I love our off-season topics. I love the off-season topics. It's when we get ourselves ready. It's—by the way, I've never done a Yahoo Pro League before but I'm fairly certain I'm going to get into them next year. Because we work so hard at this stuff that it should, be, it should be a really easy profit every year. There's, I don't know how many tens or hundreds of thousands of people that play fantasy basketball. The fact that we, in this small network of us, compared to the big number, it's probably millions of people that play fantasy basketball. The the small fraction of that that listen to this podcast, the few thousand of you that listen to this podcast, which is still a, a medium sized number, I'm not going to clown on the fact that we have a pretty good following on this show now, but compared to the fantasy community at large, it seems kind of stupid that we're all playing each other. Okay, I could I could get behind having one hyper competitive. Hoop ball, fantasy NBA today kind of league where it's just a bunch of diehards that all know the best values on the board and know when to take our chances, and we're just, you know, we're like, uh, what are we? We're like the SEC here. We're all just beating the hell out of each other while other conferences get a pass. We are the, uh, what what conference? It used to be the Southwest Conference actually in the NBA that had like. Five playoff teams in there. The Spurs. There was a nice stretch in there with the Spurs, the Grizz, the Mavs, the Rocket. All those teams were good in the Western in the Western Conference. We we were that. They're just beating the hell out of each other while everybody else is like, oh, cool. Like the Eastern Conference last year, uh, and then the Southeast have like one playoff team in it or something. I'm probably getting that off by a tiny bit, but I mean the the uh, the Central Division right now is not very good. You got the Bucks. Pacers are technically in, I guess. Nine seed, they're in the play-in tournament. Pacers, Bulls, Cavs, Pistons. None of those teams in the top eight. So that's the opposite of what we are. But let's go do that. Let's go jump into some Yahoo Pro Leagues with a bunch of dudes who don't listen to this podcast every day. Let's all go do it together. But let's not actually get into the same ones. I think we should make sure that with as hard as we work in the off-season preparing, and in the in-season to make sure that our teams are as good as they stay, we should be taking home a lot of money. I have not had a, a non-profitable fantasy season in something like eight or nine years, but some of them, it's like you're squeezing by. I end up you know, up a couple hundred bucks at the end of the season. That's way too much work for that. Because it's damn hard to beat you guys every year. I feel very good when I do it, but I also feel tired. And so I'd like to do that once, and then I'd like to go beat up on some patsies, the other other leagues I'm going to be in. So I'll see y'all later. I'm going to go earn some cash. Now, the point of all of this is, starting on Monday, we dive into the offseason. We have a ton of things to cover. I love it. It's a low-pressure time when we get to do our real deep-dive stuff. Really digging in. That's the work. But I love it, because... It's different every day. We get to dictate what we're learning about whereas during the season we don't really have that freedom to dictate what we're learning. We just have to take the data, interpret it quickly, make our moves, keep our teams finely tuned for another day. Whereas in the off-season, for instance, coming up next week on the podcast, we're going to start the off-season by looking at lessons learned for different formats. We'll also have some lessons learned from a COVID season and analyze whether or not we need to actually react, overreact, or underreact to some of this stuff. And that's a lot of what the lesson learned type of things are. I'll tell you right now, one thing we're going to be talking about is what we did at the top of drafts this last season. We're going to be diving into how Yahoo's pre-rankings did compared to the final numbers. That's one of my favorite exercises. We've done that the last two or three years in a row to... Locate what I like to talk about on this podcast, what I affectionately termed no man's land in drafts, which is when, effectively, you can just completely toss out anything other than your target list. Spoiler alert, it's not the first four rounds. Think about the buzz names this last year. Think about the buzzy names this most recent season. How many of those guys actually hit their mark? How many of those guys hit their ADP? What are the buzziest names you can think of? And I don't want to spend too much time on that on today's show, because this is data I want to save for next time around. Buzziest names this last year. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Fair, right? Couldn't we call him one of the buzzier names? What was his ADP? Like uh, 2026, 20, something in that neck of the woods. Ja extraordinarily buzzy christian wood michael porter jr i don't want to ice out the guys that actually did pretty well what was christian wood's adp this last year i've I've lost him completely we'll go back don't worry we'll we'll go back we'll dig all this stuff up not that many of those dudes beat their mark there's usually one there's usually one guy where you're you're like okay well i wasn't buzzy enough on this guy it's probably MPJ this last year. Anyway, we'll talk about all that stuff starting next week and the offseason then begins. We'll talk betting during the uh, NBA playoffs because betting on totals during that stretch is actually a really nice way to come out ahead over a sort of a short spurt because you can analyze the moves that teams are going to make. I mean, if you follow smart people that write about and analyze these teams, um... You'll know what teams are going to do to adjust. I'm thinking of the Lakers going through the playoffs last year in the bubble. Easy to analyze because they made the longest run. But there's some really smart people out there that talk about sort of what the Lakers were doing, how they were using their personnel. And so you knew immediately what they were going to do in their next ball game. How was that going to impact things? Was that going to improve their defense, their offense, both or neither? And one of the other things on these playoff series is that these teams get to know one another. Most teams just kind of throw their fastball in the first game, and then after that, it's, it's adjustment time. Who's going to make the adjustment and to what? It's much easier than trying to figure out if a team is actually going to be awake on a given night. That's why most of our handicapping that I've done, that I've brought to you guys on this show and, and through my Twitter, is based on motivational angles. Because during the middle of an NBA season, like the middle 50 games of the season, it's all just about which team is actually going to be awake on a given night almost exclusively outside of some big marquee type stuff but even that kind of funnels into oh cool well they're on national tv that they'll wake them up maybe both sides by the way you can follow me on twitter at dan bespris i'm not going to be doing a ton of stuff on twitter in the off season because you know what the hell but we might as well chat why why not why the hell yes why the hell no Also, I think I'll be starting a baseball podcast. It won't be fantasy-related, but uh, likely we'll be working on a a little baseball stuff during the NBA offseason. Something to keep the pipes fresh for uh, the next basketball season. And so on and so forth. So, uh, let's quickly hear... I I mean, I don't even know if there's a real point in going over what happened on Thursday because we already have like half the league out for Friday night. And I don't even really want to spend a ton of time on that. I feel like that's a burden at this point to try to tell you guys who's in and who's out. Which is why what you should be doing this weekend is just making sure that you use up all the games in your Roto Games cap. And if you're in a head-to-head league that's going through the weekend, God help you. You shouldn't have any moves left at this point because everybody plays on Sunday. So you got to use your moves today, tomorrow at the absolute latest. So psh, whatever, you know, there really isn't much left to talk about from a fantasy standpoint. But very quickly here, as we zip our way through the weekend, I thought this stuff to talk about here at the beginning of the show, that was kind of fun. This is, that's the offseason. Man. I love those off season pods. We get to just go as deep as we want on any one topic. That's the dream, man. I really try to keep myself focused during the season for you guys, or these pods would go two and a half hours long. Still go like 50, 60 minutes a lot of the time. And that's me being hyper-focused. Heaven help us all. As we look towards the weekend, uh, just a quick survey. Cleveland, it sounds like there's a possibility that they will not have Jetty Osmond, Darius Garland, or Kevin Love through some of these games, so that means Isaac Okoro, I believe, is probably worth utilizing. Washington, still no Bradley Beal for their ballgame tonight, Friday evening, so make your adjustments accordingly. Orlando. It's going to come down to whether or not a guy like a Mobamba plays. I think our latest report is that he's questionable for their game tonight. If he's in, I would use him. I'm going the Mo's in Orlando. As we... Talk on air. We get a report that Derrick Rose is questionable for Saturday. I don't even know why I'm going through this exercise. This seems dumb. This seems dumb and pointless and just me filling time. But whatever. We'll do it quickly. This will be 30, 30 teams in about 10 minutes here. So we're going real fast. Philadelphia, it's injury report stuff. I don't think you can have anybody sort of at the stream ready because anybody that gets ruled out, it's going to happen at the last minute. Denver, they rested a bunch of guys on Thursday. They'll rest the other guys tonight on Friday. If you can figure out when Jokic is sitting, you could probably throw JaVale McGee into your lineup. Otherwise, you just start the guys that are not resting. Everybody that's not resting is going to have a really nice night. Detroit, they've gone full-on youth stuff, so uh, Stewart Bay, that kind of thing, you're sort of riding the same stuff as usual. Utah, someone's going to get a night off in there, aren't they? I don't know. They may want to try to keep that one seed and see if they can maybe dodge the Lakers in a a potential play-in and then maybe get on the other side of the bracket. If they're assuming the Lakers keep that seven spot in their play-in tournament, Thunder, will they win a game? Probably not. Don't like them. Clippers, they're resting everybody on Friday uh, against the Houston Rockets. So, and when I say everybody, I mean almost everybody. Like I, I don't even I don't even know who the hell is still there. Paul George is out. Terrence Mann is out. Pat Beverly's out. Kawhi Leonard's out. Reggie Jackson, I believe, is also out, or questionable. No, he's doubtful, excuse me. So he's basically out. Oh, the list goes on and on. I mean, what what are we doing here at this point? Rajon Rondo might have a 30-10-10 game if he actually plays in this one. Rockets, they signed Cry Thomas uh, for a two-year deal, so presumably he might he can take his foot off the gas a little bit. That actually makes me less likely to play him on a stream because he's sort of proven himself now. So go to the Rockets we've been talking about in the last few pods. Sacramento, Memphis is resting everybody. Uh, Who's left is a great question. You're probably looking at Tyus Jones. Xavier Tillman is still in. DeAnthony Melton is still in. That's kind of it. You might be able to get a Desmond Bain game cooking in there somewhere. Kings may or may not have Rashawn Holmes. If he's out, Damian Jones would probably be an interesting stream, and then the rest of that stuff is about the same as usual. Toronto, we've been talking about them. Freddie Gillespie's played some pretty good minutes, but if Chris Boucher gets back in there, that could carve out a few of those. I still think you could probably start either of those guys, or both, and Kem Burch and Malachi Flynn, and then, whatever. I guess Jalen Harris is a possibility. He's played relatively well of late, although he's now considered doubtful. Utah Watanabe is doubtful. Whoo, boy. Yeah, there's nobody left at this point. I mean, this is what an absolute and utter disaster. I really don't know why I'm doing this segment. I'm actually going to stop after Friday. I, I, I'm launching into this and then realizing this is silly because by the time tomorrow rolls around, all of this data will be completely useless to you. Dallas sounds like most of their guys are in. I like Dwight Powell, by the way. He's playing well these days. Pelicans, yuck. I mean, I guess you go with the centers. Golden State, they're resting their main dudes. No Steph, no Dre, no Wiggins. Juan Toscano Anderson might have an interesting ballgame. I really don't know. I think he's better when he's next to other guys that are doing most of the stuff. I think he thrives as the guy who's not doing much stuff. But in any event, I'm not going to go over the weekend with this stuff. That's a waste of your time. That's a waste of my time. I planned to do it. But I'm realizing as I launch into it, I'm not going to edit out the teams we just talked about already, but I realize as we're launching into it, I should really just look at a few key moments over the weekend, and we'll just focus on those. So uh, looking at some of the stuff that's happening on Saturday, Brooklyn wants to have all three of their big superstars for that game against Chicago. I wouldn't use anybody beyond those three guys in that ballgame. Lakers expect to have their guys back. AD is probable. Schroeder might be able to get out of the health and safety protocols which leads me to believe that maybe his thing was actually just an exposure? Unclear. LeBron probably back. Indiana, Demontis Sabonis is questionable. If he does not play, you're going to want all the Goga Batadzes you can get. That'll be full-on Goga time. Full-on Goga time. Um, I don't know. I mean, if Sabonis is a little bit dinged up, there, there isn't a ton of incentive Pacers are a game up on the Wizards. I guess they'd rather be in that 9 slot than the 10, but they're in the playoffs now, so nothing's going to knock them out of that. The only thing that would happen would they lose home court in that first half of the play-in stuff. So you assume they'd want Sabonis more for that play-in game against the Wizards than home court, but no Sabonis? They're tied with the Hornets. That's the other side of this equation. Could they pass Charlotte and get into the upper half of the play-in where they only need to win one out of two, so maybe they push him? Yeah, but Tadze had an okay game when Sabonis had to leave early, played 24 minutes in their last one. I actually, I think you could probably pick him up. I gotta think he gets okay minutes in at least one half of their upcoming back-to-back. I suppose nothing is set in stone. They're at Toronto to finish off the season, and that's a game the Raptors will basically be throwing the towel in on. So you may see Sabonis against the Lakers and then maybe not against the Raptors. So I like Goga. I like Goga for those last two ball games. You know, why the crap not at this point? Just to have him on your team. I think he fits I think he fits things pretty well here these last couple of days. Uh also of note, as we roll through the Saturday slate, um, Milwaukee, I'm still very surprised that they haven't sat any of their starters but I got to think that they do in at least one of those two games over the weekend and so fire up your Bobby Portis's Bobby Portis's however you want to say it. And then Sunday everybody plays. And one of the nice things about all this stuff is that they've adjusted the start times of these games so that everybody's playing at the same time. I think that's something that baseball used to do, but basketball doing it now too. So no one can watch other games and then jockey for position and then decide whether or not they're resting their guys. Everybody just sort of has to go. Uh whether barring of course the teams that don't have uh anything to play for on either side. But if if there's anything close, they can't teams are not really going to be able to let other clubs mess around for them. So that's kind of nice. Uh quick glance at Sunday's slate, trying to figure out if any of these teams deserve an extra one or two seconds of our attention that we haven't focused on already. I think that's everybody. And things will be different by Sunday also. But again, Roto, just make sure you're using up your games cap. Again, check everybody that's below or above you uh, and and make sure that you're not going to get chased down. And if you can steal one point here and there, you just never know what that might do. So what I'll do now here is you know we'll go ad free basically on uh no reads i think there's one that jumps in mid show at some point in there i don't know when that happens that's through our our host provider helps uh fill the pocketbooks a little bit over here um what i'll say here is thank you and i know that i keep pleading with everybody to keep listening during the off season so i don't want to make this sound like the ending of some kind but it is the last show of another regular season which is, I believe, now the 4th. Could that be right? Um, Yeah, I think the 4th, since we've actually had a a traditional podcast channel, we did part of a 5th season, but we weren't really on anything. I think we were just dropping episodes into the Cause and Brew feed back then. And so every year we get a little bit bigger and a little bit stronger. And every year... Hopefully we win people a few more dollars and every year we learn a little bit more about fantasy basketball and we continue to sharpen our blade and keep our edge because every year the competition gets better and we have to stay three steps ahead of them. And that's what we're going to do during the off season. So I do hope you guys will stick with me for that. But what I'll say today as we wrap up another season of fantasy NBA today is thank you once again. Thank you to everyone that has listened to even one episode in the history of this podcast. Thank you to everyone that has taken the time to drop a five-star review on the show. Thank you to the everyone that has written something alongside their five-star review. Thank you to everybody that has clicked the subscribe button. All of those things help us move up the charts and take this podcast that... I mean, this podcast came around when HoopBall was founded, so it's not like some giant corporation dragged us along with them this was this has been an organic growth process from the first day when a handful of people listen to the show today whatever it is now 1400 when many thousands of you are taking in the show every single day tens of thousands every week uh and uh millions i think over the course of a calendar year now i think am i getting that right It's close. I think it might be about a million over the last year. So pretty unbelievable stuff, and that is all thanks to you guys clicking in and listening every day and trusting me to bring you fantasy insight and to bring you the the, the simplified methods to be among the best fantasy basketball players on the globe. Because as I always say on this show, and I will stick to this until the end of time, the the world would want you to believe, and and it's not not really fair to call it the world, but the fantasy community would want you to believe that only the smartest, most dedicated, shrewdest, brilliant, look-ahead, like savants, can figure out, how to beat fantasy NBA. And the world wants you to believe that you have to go buzzy, that you have to be the smartest person in the room. And that, of course, is an expression, say the smartest person in the room. You have to, that the world would want you to believe that you need to do things, that you need to beat everybody else to the next big thing to win your fantasy leagues. And yet you guys continue to come to us here at Fantasy NBA Today and say, Dan, I trust you To be the contrarian on that element. To be the boring guy. To be the former baseball broadcaster who brings that weird sing-song tempo into a podcast and explains to me why we can make fantasy basketball both boring and fun because we're winning money at the same time. And I hope to the whoever that you guys will continue to let me do that going forward. Thank you, everyone. You've made this season unbelievable. We've managed to do pretty damn well despite COVID. Unless you guys got nailed with some bad injuries at bad times. It happens to the best of us. And on Monday, we start figuring out how we can get even better next year. I love you guys. Fantasy NBA Today is the name of the pod. I am Dan Bespris. Another season in the books. We'll talk to you Monday morning. Fantasy lesson season in review. Number one. We start from there. So long, everybody. Have a great weekend. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.